Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Defy the Norm podcast. I'm your host, Victor Robledo, and today we're going to be episode 107. We're going to be talking about creating space for change. In the last podcast, I got a ton of great feedback about becoming Walter Mitty and me sharing some of my personal stories associated with that aloofness that could plague a lot of us and could lead us to not being available, emotionally available for ourselves and others. Now, today we're going to talk a little bit about making time, creating space for change. Now, this is one of the things that inadvertently happened. If you didn't know already, and this is your first time to this podcast, about seven years ago, my wife and I decided to move our family of five children, two adults, seven people into a 28-foot Class C motorhome. We sold off everything and started traveling full-time in search of adventure and connectedness. Well, years later, I have applied everything I've learned and I'm trying to help share it with you because Defying the Norm is about learning a lot about taking care of this meat sack of a body so that you can live this amazing life here on this planet. So Defying the Norm for me also means defying age, defying culture, defining what makes you tick. Before we get into that, I want to spend a minute. I got some great feedback about the little meditation and breath work. I want you to take a moment wherever you are. If you're not driving, if you can, you can pull over at this moment, hit pause, close off the eyes, connect with the breath, breathing in and breathing out. Bring a presence of mind. Continue to breathe into your mind, bringing awareness first off to the legs. just feeling where you might be holding tension. And now shifting, bringing awareness to the torso. (sighs) Connecting with the breath. Lastly, into the neck, muscles of the face. And exhaling out maybe with a sigh. (sighs) All right, hopefully you feel more grounded and you're ready and you're listening and ready to take in some of this information because this is about you, not about me. I'm just sharing what I've, my experiences so that you can live your best life and defy the norm. So when we're talking about creating space for change, I think that's one of the things inadvertently that have happened. Now, look, all along this idea, I was certainly on board everything we did, but I did not have the intention for this massive self growth journey that I've encountered. And yes, it has been challenging, but there are some take-homes. Creating the space to ask yourself, is there more to life? And almost 100% of people are asked that I work with and even encounter at some point in their life are asking themselves. If you're not asking yourself this, sometimes it could mean that you're in a high level of stress. My heart goes out to you if you're still struggling, like, hey, I'm just trying to survive my day. That is a rough place to be. Now, we're all used to living some level of the grind, like, hey, you got to put in work. But a lot of us aren't experiencing the joy and exhilaration of putting in that work towards something greater. And I think having the space to figure something out is what a lot of us, both men and women, are struggling with. So I'm going to go over um, success. And when I say success, it does not mean I'm successful. I'm saying going through this has left, given me some clues. And I'm going to share each clue with a little bit of a story to kind of bring it home. And maybe, just maybe, some of this resonates with you and it gives you a chance to catch it before it becomes some of the issues that I encountered. So the first one 
and most powerful one is anger. And I think one of the big reasons behind me sharing this one first is because it sort of the ends up being that last straw. Well, first off, I would consider myself the most chill, and Robin would agree with this. And even when we met, we opened a facility in Coronado, California at 19 and 20. Um, we were doing things that most 19 and 20 year olds are not doing. Uh, we started a family very young. We had responsibilities. We had mortgage payment. We had car payments. We had all these things way before. We probably should have discovered ourselves a little sooner, but it forced us to shift the way our life, the trajectory of our life. And I knew something was up when I was experiencing greater and greater levels of anger. Now, in general, I stifled that. I was like, because in my mind, I envisioned like there's nothing more important than family. The lessons that I learned, I went through um, parochial school K through 12. The lessons that I was taught was that family amongst everything, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice at all costs. And to me, that often meant to not rock the boat, to not express express this anger. Now that can go back to um, childhood trauma issues associated with upbringing. And I can go into that on another podcast if you're interested in that wound and how that plays out to really not feeling anything. However, the first touch was... You know, we opened this business when we were 19, 20, and I, I was like so, so excited. I was got to see wh- who was then my girlfriend every single day. We worked in, we, we taught spinning, we taught gymnastics. I did started doing, and I was doing personal training at the time. I was like, this is no better way to live. Every, all the money we worked for, like it was ours. We, we hustled, we gained more, we didn't. And in the free time we spend doing doing lots of amazing things together, connecting with each other and spending quiet time recovering um, and then getting back to it and teaching hard spin class. And it was right at the beginning of the spin craze. And so we jumped on board that. And as we started to evolve here and we had ki- we got married and had kids, we started to get to the point, especially by two kids, uh, there was an absolute sense that we needed to divide and conquer. And... As I started to feel that pang, I started to see less and less less of Robin. Um, and to me, the business and the joy that I got started, I could feel it starting to live me like, all right, well, this is just what we got to do. And when I would see her leave, I remember Gabby vividly starting to do um, lots of sports and activities and interactions. And she would have to leave, you know, well well into the day she would get there late right we made a decision early on we were taking our kids at the beginning at 6 a.m rousing them out of bed as 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 infants as as newborns and at some point i'm like this this is horrible this has got to be horrible for them and so we decided okay you don't have to come in till later um and then eventually it was like hey you don't have to come in till the afternoon when we're teaching kids classes and then she would come in the afternoon stay for a class and then take off and i was thinking to myself like man i'm some part of me is extremely angry that I have to get here. I have to stay here and do this all myself as opposed to being with her. Now, some part of me, there's a level, it was clear that we trauma bonded. Again, that's for another episode as well. Uh, You know, we look for something that we need in someone else who fulfills us. And a lot of times that's what attracts us to each other. Uh, And I was missing that. 
um, but at the end, in the end, it was cre- I was creating some some anger, and that anger was leaving a clue. I would see her leave, and I would be like, "Oh, I get angry." I'm like, "Okay, well, I don't have time to that. Push that down. I got to teach these 12 to 15 children." And I was working all afternoon. Uh, eventually, that led to some issues. So, if you're having um, significant levels of anger and you don't know where it's from, that is a clue that you need to start creating space in your life to start. Um, feeling out what's important to you. Uh, Clue number two was high levels of fatigue. Now, in general, I've always been sort of identified um, by friends and family as this high energy individual, particularly with athletics and the sports that I like to do. Um, I I think my family knows me better these days and I'm a pretty relaxed person, but it it had to take some practice. But fatigue that I couldn't explain. Now, I just described 19 and 20. Um, owning a facility and just having copious amounts of energy. I teach two spinning classes. I'd work with children all day. We'd do these parents' night outs um, where we the kids would stay the night oftentimes in our facility. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I never seemed to have any issues with energy. I get to my mid-30s and all of a sudden, that's about the same time I was having significant issues with that repression. I was in repressing anger fatigue starts showing up in a level that I can't explain. Of course, at the time, I didn't know what I know now, and I didn't ask the right questions, or people didn't ask the right questions. Certainly, you end up in the in the emergency room, and they're just treating a symptom. Here's a Band-Aid. Here's a medication. Here's a this. And that low energy is a clue as to what you're doing might be out of alignment and that you need to make time to create space to figure out what it is that's causing. And I used to say this uh, to a lot of clients, you don't have energy, you generate energy, right? And so how you generate energy oftentimes is potentially exercise, meditation, your self-care. But now I realize, especially with the quantum field and everything we studied with Dr. Joe Dispenza and the healings that we're doing, is that energy is all around us and it's an un imaginable amounts. It's just learning to tap into that. And a big portion is what we're feeling on an emotional state that draws positive or negative towards us. That's number two. Uh, Number three um, is aches or pains. Now, again, this is my strength coach, physical therapist side and analytical side trying to compartmentalize so that you have understanding that there might be something in the way that's getting from you getting in the way of you being able to defy the norm and live your life what that looks like for you is for you to define what that looks like for you is for clearly for you to define so the heck with everyone the heck with uh, the heck with what society says focus on what's important to you and what's alignment for you and especially if you're in a family I really encourage you and your partner to sit down and go, hey, what's important to us ahead of time? Some people have those dialogues. Some people don't. Aches and pains. There was a serious time when I was encountering aches and pains unlike no other. Um, And that happened to be about when I was going through my adrenal fatigue. The interesting thing for me was, is that uh, given my background, I was as a injury prevention, injury healing, physical therapy. I started off as a physical therapy major when I was at San Diego State and then shifted gears when we opened our business. Plus, I didn't really want to be in a clinical setting that wasn't for me. Um, And so I have a fair amount of knowledge, uh, actually significant knowledge, in that in the end, people see me when they can't be fixed. 
And so I started applying the same principles. And so it actually delayed me even thinking of that as a clue. To me, I thought it was just normal part of training and that I was able to throw physical therapy on it and manage those pains, but they never really disappeared. And those aches and pains are a greater sign of the potential issues associated with that repression of anger. Um, and those negative emotions essentially downregulate. In previous podcasts, I've always talked about how those negative emotions are transmuted from your hypothalamus, that energy, that emotional hub in the brain, the center of the brain there, that travels down your vagus nerve and directly to your organs. And so that negative thought pattern consistently starts to do what? Positive or negative impacts on your genes. It starts to have negative impacts on your genes and starts increasing inflammation by a great many uh, pathways. And so it's absolutely critical that you start to look at aches and pains that don't solve themselves, um, a low back issue, uh, frozen shoulder, even even Gabor Mate talks about, and actually reading a couple different books on health and wellness and the mind-body connection, uh, about how we're wired in a different way. And this would be more for yet another podcast about your organ system in which you which you tend to react in. Now, for myself, I'm definitely more predisposed towards kidney chi issues. Now, this is more Eastern medicine, but combining Eastern with Western is, I really think, is this beautiful thing. It's taking what we know applying some analytics and modern technology to have give you an understanding, gives you an understanding on how to take care of yourself. So as you start to really encounter those emotions and those clues, it can have a real negative impact on your body. And the big glaring ones are, you know, an injury. I had a client that I worked with for almost 20 years. And when he came in, it first was a low back issue, which we seem to be able to control. And I've alluded to in some of my posts that in 100% of the time, uh, someone with a low back chronic condition, low back chronic condition, I tend to see spikes in when they were going to react. I can almost predict it. Okay, you're, you, you, let's say you're an attorney, um, you got a case that's coming up front coming up and as that starts to build up i could always predict oh you're about a week from this back and i do air quotes your back going out let's really take an active role in making sure that doesn't happen and so having that understanding is important with the body uh, another major clue uh, and it's another emotional and, and in the end we're talking about the big six the big negative ones for me shame was a big one and still one of those issues that i carry around and have to essentially to do self-talk and not just self-talk in my head, but find a quiet space to retrain my brain to be like, you're not a piece of garbage. <laughs> you know, if you're at all like me, uh, there's a few things that I that I tend to tell myself and a piece of garbage is a, a light way of putting on it. A piece of something else is what I tend to say. Uh, I remember feeling shame, shame for lots of different things, shameful for even the experience of my um, sexual abuse growing up was something I felt so much shame. And if you are, have had any type of abuse, you probably have some level of shame. Now, you could say, oh, your reaction is, no, anger. And I get that. But anger is generally an emotional need not met. So scratch a little deeper, sit in it for a little while, and ask yourself what it means can ask yourself quite a few times, okay, I feel angry, angry, why am I angry? And just keep going and that should get down to the root cause. Um, a lot of this is related to your personality. Um, I'm a 
type two Enneagram and we've talked plenty about Enneagram and I'm not going to get into terrible detail. I think it tends to confuse everyone. You can go do the test and then you end up in the shame triad, which you're more prone towards feeling those. And I have a lot of people that I work with that, that feel different degrees of shame. But if you feel shame, it's very important. Like for me, when we moved out into our RV, I felt a ton of shame for not having this sort of instant success that I could live this lifestyle in the manner that I could imagine. You're a piece of garbage, Victor. You don't make enough money. You don't support your family. You don't do this. You don't do that. And while we have to be our own worst critic, that negative self-talk in that way does you probably no favors. I would prefer that we treat ourselves with loving kindness and say, hey, yeah, you failed yesterday. It's no big deal. Let's move forward. Yes, be challenging on yourself. And to me, this is reflective. Um, probably the one and only time I really had any success is in, my, in wrestling in high school. Um, a shout out to class of 92 uh, Saints wrestling team. We went undefeated and went off to win, win CIF championship. And, you know, I... I had some success in a very short period of time and I was like really, really excited about it. But oftentimes I'd come in second and second was never enough. And I felt shame for not being able to, to win and overcome the fears and challenges that I experienced them. And some of those, it, it was the first clue. I was inconsolable generally till the next match if I did happen to lose. Now, by the time I was a senior, I didn't lose that much, but it's still, I think as I ramped it up, I realized now years later, I was trying to compensate for something, a weakness that I obviously felt in another part of my life. And and so use those clues to point it to giving yourself some space. Now, giving yourself some space is probably one of the biggest challenges. And so do this exercise. If you're actually listening to this podcast, podcast, um, and you can close the eye or just imagine, right, wherever you're at, think about what it would be like if your life would be like if money was no object, for example, because that makes, that's a massive issue in envisioning that ability to defy the norm, right? And so what would it be? Would it be Man, I'd be jumping out of airplanes. I'd be living a, this kind of lifestyle. I would be exercising this. I would be meditating every day. I would my self care would look like this. I would eat this way. Um, I would spend my time with someone. Now, the trick behind this moment, as you start to visualize and visualize, and always have people obviously do that with their eyes closed if you can. But if you can't, just visualize it in your mind's eye. That's that third eye spot. And you can feel into that. And the way you know you're on track when you start to visualize is it's both um, a warm feeling in your physical body, like love and joy and happiness. Where do you feel that? And then also a little bit of excitement, a little bit scary. What would it be like if you didn't have to? Like you have to visualize it just outside, like make it enough that it does kind of scare you a little bit. And that'll start to motivate you. When you do this exercise, it'll start to motivate you to, to, to sort of work and create the space. Now, creating the space is, 
is absolutely essential to do that. And I'm not saying you should move into your RV to downsize and give yourself the time. We always used to say that we live small so we can live big, right? So we, you cut out a lot of costs. Now that's part of it, making decisions in your personal life. If you need to have the space, you need to make big boy and big girl decisions for your family. Maybe maybe you can offload some financial burden so you have that space so you don't have to work as much so that you can ponder like what's my move, what's my play. It takes time too and depending if you have anything like if you're anything like me and you have some trauma, actually everyone has trauma, so depending on your soul, we have all have a unique soul and everyone heals in a different way. So don't judge yourself for said trauma. Just feel into it and go, hey, I'm going to need time. And once you give me, once I started giving myself time and the ability to kind of heal, and I say kind of heal because healing is an ongoing process. Growth is an ongoing process. Then you start to scratch at the surfaces to who you are, what you want, how you can defy the norm, whether that's like me never being too far from a gym or getting a chance to get on the mats, um, getting a chance to go mountain biking, do all these activities, getting a chance to share this story with you guys is absolutely what I why I think I'm here, to find this conduit, this connector to go, okay, yeah, I really like how he delivers this in a certain way, and I can apply this theory. Giving yourself the time. Also creating habits that give that time. So find out what your that what the energy vampire is in your life, the biggest energy vampire that you can let go of. And I say energy vampire because we used to talk when dealing with clients in person, there were always these people that would just come in and you would just absolutely feel like they suck the life out of you. Those, those things, those people, you need to decide if you need to cut those out so that you have the time and the space. So the big thing is creating the time to reflect and what that looks like. And the true reflection is multi-level, multi-tiered. It takes time to first off feel into that space and then go deeper, deeper, deeper. Okay, I offloaded my to-do list. What can I contemplate? Trying new experiences, as usual, is one of the best ways to start to create the space for change. Trying something new literally fires new neurons. Waking up with the intention, I'm like, who do I want to be this morning? Look in the mirror like I'm choosing to be this person is another excellent job. So I hope you enjoyed that podcast, guys. If you have any questions, please email us. I'm happy to answer them. Um, If you are interested at all in any of this, the Enneagram, a little bit of personality typing, that is, learning how to take a step forward so that you can defy the norm, BeTheHero.Academy, BeTheHero.Academy is our group site that starts to point in you in a direction so that you can start taking action to gain sovereignty over yourself and your mind and live the life that you want. If you're looking for another step and you want to accelerate your gains, your personal growth, your personal health and wellness, message me about coaching. Um, my entire family almost is involved in coaching because every person is going to resonate with a different person. And so I'm excited to share that with you guys. Please let me know if you have any questions. Until next time, be well.